Welcome to the Blackout, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. I'm your host, Israel, and my guest today is Browning Bridges, PhD students. Is it PhD? They don't call you students anymore. Like, anyway, but also <laughs> the co-founder of Pragma Clean Inc. Thanks for coming to the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I, I want to start with this PhD thing. Like, I have friends that do PhD. I'm like, why? I still <laughs> ask myself the same question every single day. I started off, uh, I did a biology degree, which gives you absolutely nothing, uh, no oh. career, so I had to go back to school and figure out what I wanted to do. I went back to do a master's in pharmacy, which is why I moved to Newfoundland and started school there. Okay. I was just doing research in the lab, studying blueberries and Parkinson's, totally random on mice, and then COVID happened. And I was like, okay, changing plans. Ended up doing some research with Parkinson's patients and started a company. And then the project became so big with the company and the PhD all kind of in a gray zone together mm -hmm. that I was like, yeah, I got to I gotta be in a PhD because the project is too big. Just doing a PhD now. And when I say, oh, I'm doing a PhD in pharmacy, people assume, oh, you can be a pharmacist. Not right? at all. No? I have no qualifications to be a pharmacist. <laughs> okay. Hmm. But um, you said blueberries, mice, and Parkinson's. Correct. Do you want to share a bit about that? Yeah. So there's a couple food items that have really high antioxidant properties that protect the neurons in the brain so from damage. So blueberries good. Blueberries are fantastic. Oh, I love blueberry That's jam. That's perfect. Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Blueberries, dark chocolate, and, and wine, red wine. So, I mean, if you oh like all my God. Those, you're all set. Um, yeah, so I started doing work on blueberries and how much they can protect the neurons in the brain. So mm -hmm. we were studying it on mice models for Parkinson's mm. uh, disease, and it was going super well, and we had really good results, and then I wasn't allowed to be in the lab anymore because of COVID, so. Right, 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 Because um, you have to be around people and stuff. I, none of the things you do could be done like in a space alone. You had to do it with people. Uh, yeah, I got kind of sewered, we'll say. I had a couple people in the lab with me and they were all in their second and third years and I was in my first year. And so they took their research took precedence so that they could graduate. So sadly, they got to be in the lab and there was nowhere else for me to go. Oh. Yep. Hmm. Seniority. In brutal, <laughs> eh? I know. So, and then the company... How did that happen? So random. Um, a happy coincidence, we'll say. Mm -hmm. I happened to be at a presentation my supervisor was giving on our research, mm -hmm. and a Parkinson's patient named Gord happened to be there uh, listening because he was really excited and wanted to find a way to help Parkinson's patients. Mm -hmm. And uh, because my project went south because of the lab, uh, I ended up collaborating with Gord, and we did a bunch of background research on devices that were currently on the market for Parkinson's research. Mm -hmm found a few options that covered some symptoms, but not all of them, and uh, decided we wanted to design something that was gonna help in some way, shape, or form. And it was a very broad idea that after a lot of coffee dates, we tapered into a remote patient monitoring system that we had contracted to develop. Did COVID have any role in you going uh, into the remote thing? Yeah, totally. I was more just like, 
I don't know what else I'm going to do with my life. Mm. Uh, so I ended up doing that. And it worked out really well. And we kind of kept it under the table. A lot of people that I'm really close with had no idea I was even working on this project. Because oh, wow. people just are like, oh, she's doing her PhD. She must be doing something school related. Right. Um, so we secretly kind of developed this company. Why did it have to be a secret? Um, making sure it kind of worked before we published oh, okay. it. Um, and so we had this MVP developed, which took a while. MVP being minimum viable. Minimum viable product. Yep, mm -hmm. you got it. And uh, so we developed this. Made sure it was kind of a great, a good system put together as mm -hmm. a whole um, that was going to actually make a difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And then we worked with a contracting company, which became very expensive to do. Uh, and I'm not, obviously I can't code, so when people ask me coding questions, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. know, I don't know. <laughs> um, so we ended up another happy coincidence. We ended up finding. A, somebody who was really interested in what we were doing. Mm. We just happened to be like, you want to see it in, in person? We can show you what we have so far. And our contract with the company had just come to an end for the people who developed that MVP. Mm. And uh, this individual came in, saw it and was like, do you want me to join the team? I'll happily help and just kind of sweat equity my way into the company, change everything into be a little more user friendly and we'll work together from here on out. So we brought him in just maybe a month and a half ago, and mm -hmm. he's done fantastic work. You know, I, got, I gotta say, going back to the secret thing, yeah. <laughs> going on your, on your, on your, on the website for Pragma Clean, you know, you see everyone's faces except this person. I know. This is this person you're talking about. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some CIA spy stuff. It is all secretive. Is it cause what you're doing is great and like people that have billions and millions of dollars be like, We'll take this guy or... Um, no, it's actually just because... Um, a f um, it's a good, good question. Um, he is not ready to have his face on right. it yet. okay. Um, not because he doesn't believe in what he's doing, but because we're transitioning from that company to him. Oh. And they are competitors in right, this space. Right, right, right. So as that contract is slowly tapering off and we're starting this new relationship we're just kind of keeping it under until the end of the summer okay one of the things i also found out though, your co-founder god you've yeah. you've talked about uh i can't recall his last name genj gord genj yeah so gord um also lives with parkinson Correct. and my i guess layman experience of parkinson's is like you're barely able to function it's, are they like levels or? Yeah, um, that's, so that's one thing that we wanted to have in the software was a differentiator. So internationally, there's a scale that a clinician would use from zero to four. You would technically rate the patient between zero and four, four being severe, zero being nothing. Um, but appointments with clinicians are so quick, 15 minutes in and out of the office, they don't actually give you a score at the end. They just say, you're a bit wigglier than last time, or or of such. Um, mm -hmm. It's very subjective, and a lot of time it's misdiagnosed. So with our software, we wanted to be able to actually have that down to a number. Like you can see that you were a two this time, but now you're a three or a two point five, or mm -hmm. um, so it does have the decimal numbers in it as well. So we wanted to have it be a more objective um, assessment as opposed to in office when it's super subjective and patients don't really know if they've gotten worse from the last time, mm -hmm. unless a clinician's like, yeah, we should up your medications. You've gotten a little bit worse. Uh... And that's the only way you would ever really kind of know, unless you started noticing yourself like, oh, I noticed that when I go to grab something, I have a bit more of a shake to me. Um, yeah. But in you saying that like, 
it's quite severe. It's not normally not quite severe for a while. I mean, you do have the odd case where they progress really quickly, mm. but a lot of the time uh, you start out with barely any symptoms. And I'll use Gorda as an example. He was running. He's always been a runner his whole life. And he was running and he's like, man, I'm getting kind of slow. Like maybe I'm just getting old, but I feel like there's something on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, then he started to notice when he would go to reach things, he was a bit hesitant to kind of pick things up. And he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, there's something, something happening. Tried to get an appointment with a neurologist, couldn't get one. This is how the whole kind of idea of we need to have a better monitoring system for them. Um, They told him it would be a two to three year wait time. He's like, I have no idea what my life is going to be in two to three years. I need help. So he just happened to have a family member in Montreal who works in a neurology clinic and was like, if I were to fly there, could you get me an appointment? They're like, yeah, we can get you in in like a couple months. So he ended up flying to Montreal to get a diagnosis and then flying back to Newfoundland and being like, now I have my diagnosis, can I please see a neurologist? Mm. And they were like, oh yeah, we can get you in, which is absolutely bizarre that Mm. you have to wait that long. And I think one rewarding thing of the whole project has been that we have these people reaching out being like, I have a similar experience. I waited four years for this or I waited two and a half years for this appointment. And I mean, two and a half years, your life can change drastically if you're not medicated. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing is, you know, you get the diagnosis, but then being able to monitor it or at least ease the burden on a clinician's workload so that they can see more patients. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what we're going for here. Yeah, you know, I love stories and stories really about the characters and the stories and characters really boil down to the name. And your company is a character in this story, and wondering what's the story behind the name Pragma Clean? Uh, pragmatic clinical combined. Um, so doing things practically and realistically to find good results mm. in a clinical setting. Yeah. So tech um, is great, right? You know, but then we have things like Facebook and like our phones always watching us and, and things like that. Um, I kind of read some of the things they're doing, like security-wise, but how important is, especially with people's health, how important is security for Paraguay Clean? Incredibly. Uh, and then one of the things that we're going to do is integrate into the healthcare system, which means security has to be even more important, or mm. they won't even take it. Mm. Um, luckily, we do have some partnerships with the healthcare organizations in Newfoundland and in Ontario, um, where basically if you just develop the system, uh, they'll do all the security back end because they have to make sure it goes through their whole process as well. So we have our own uh, online kind of system and platform that we can use as a demo, like to show you like this is what it can look like. You can log in and see from both sides, patient and clinician. Mm -hmm. Um, And we use online servers like Amazon, Google. Um, However, uh, when we actually integrate into the healthcare system, it'll all be wiped and it'll just be the software and the system as a whole. They won't take any of our online services. Okay, with this it. is just for your demo thing. Correct. Because I remember, um, like, especially in Canada, all the data has to be hosted in Canada. Mm-hmm. You can. Okay, okay, cool. Um, yeah, congratulations on winning all of the monies. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, so, I mean, starting a company, you get, have to get funding. Yeah. And um, how was your very first pitch competition? And how you also, how do you prepare for it? Oh, good questions. Um, so I'll get back to the beginning. We we were like, okay, well, if we're gonna contract anybody, we need money. Mm-hmm. Um, so the very first thing we did was we made connections with the NRC IRAP, so the Research Council in Canada, and the province as well as the company that we had contracted. We had some in-kind as well with them and some personal contributions. Um, We had a big project budget, ended up using it all to contract this MVP. Uh, And then 
comes down to the the project's coming to an end. What do we do? We have no money. We're kind of at the end of the road. Mm. Um, so we started looking up, you know, competitions and things we can do. Mm. Didn't realize money even had a business competition. Uh, and somebody was like, have you heard about this? Like, you should probably just apply for it. It's a pitch competition. I mean, it's $25,000. It'll Anything helps. So just by chance, applied, um, ended up making it to the finals, pitched in the finals, won that. It was $25,000 cash prize and then a whole lot of in-kind uh, contributions as well, which has been super helpful. There's like lawyer packages and we had videos and websites and it's been fantastic. We totally rebranded because we had a marketing package included. Nice. Um, but I think the best part about that first competition, so that was the Mel Woodward Cup. Mm. I think the best thing about that was the publicity that came behind it. Uh, like I said, we kept things kind of low key until we had our, our product kind of where we wanted it to be seen in the public eye. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, we didn't know you were existing and we want to partner with you or we want to do this. You should sign up for this accelerator and this conference. And it was opportunity like crazy, mm. uh, a little overwhelming. I was panicking. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not used to this, um, but it's been fantastic. So we won the 25,000 plus the Fry Family Award gave me uh, $2,500 for being a female entrepreneur as part of that competition. And then quick two weeks after that, we had been a part of a little accelerator program for six to eight weeks with the Genesis Center and did a pitch competition, pitch and pick. And that was another $2,500 there. I then took a break, went away for a week, relaxed, came back, right back to the pitch competitions again. <laughs> um, we just did the Volta cohort here in Halifax. We won a $25,000 convertible note investment from them. Um, and then I just had another competition. Um, now I really can't think of what I just did. I, they're all so <laughs> <laughs> It's just a blow. But one of the things, are, you know, talking of conferences, the, the, there's the one you're going to do like three hops in, in Europe. Uh, yes. Germany, Poland, and what's the... Yeah, so I'm part of a women in, uh, women in tech trade mission right now, actually. Um, so it's all virtual. Mm. Uh, I did just go to the UK for a conference and we made some good connections. And I realized like this is probably a good opportunity as well to make these connections. Yeah. Because one thing we learned is a lot of people want to help. And a lot of people want to do the research behind it as well. Mm -hmm. So part of this mission, they sit you down and they're like hey, who do you want to connect with and how can we help you? And mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, health authorities maybe, some societies, giving them a, a rough estimate. And I got a sheet yesterday that was like, hey, we found these seven companies that all want to help you and do research with you. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so it's a bit of a whirlwind um, and it's a little bit crazy, but it's so exciting and so rewarding. The things you're doing is wonderful, especially with Parkinson's, because it's one of those things that it just comes out of nowhere, you know? Yep. Um, so I want to say thank you for what you're doing and keep doing what you're doing. And before I let you go, though, I got to ask, um, I mean, the research you're doing is wonderful, but how do you, I guess, put a wall around, like, we own this thing? <sighs> like, how do we protect it mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> right now everything is all uh, a trade secret so we're very particular on who we kind of let in to the mix mm -hmm. um, do a lot of due diligence on picking people uh, signing NDAs left right and center um, but I think that by picking those right people we know we have a good team so we're very selective and I mean I have lots of people reach out you know if you ever can have a job opening we'd love to work with you um, and as I was saying the other the other day, uh, the pitch competition, the other one that I couldn't think of, has, was super exciting. It was actually Bounce Health had an innovation month. 
And we ended up winning $47,500 the other day, nice. uh, all in non-dilutive. And that came with a lot of other connections of students um, who had been in that Health Innovation Month hackathon that were like, we want a job whenever you know, you're ready. And that's super exciting to see so many people young in tech that want to be a part of these projects. Mm -hmm. So from one of these, we actually ended up hiring a tech student. And it's a risk to bring on a younger person who may not be as comfortable in, in the field. Um, but I think also to them, I know what it's like to be a student and be offered these opportunities. So we're a little selective just because obviously they're working with our our baby <laughs> that we've worked so hard on for so long. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, yeah, just having the right team has been super helpful and it's all people that are really passionate about it and we've had opportunity with people with more experience in the field and we've had people who have more passion about the project and we'd pick the passion over the project any day just because that's how me and Gord started and we want everybody to kind of be on the same path so nice yeah and thank you for coming to the podcast today and I want to say shout out to Temple Soil tweet the leader and you for letting me use your studio <laughs> super grateful um, again, Bronwyn, this has been wonderful. Super grateful. Thanks. Thank you for having me.